I am so excited and so grateful to have exceeded my goal. Last week's episode has had 33 downloads and only three of them were me. So this makes this week's goal pretty big because to double our listeners, please will you help me? We would like 66 people to enjoy today's podcast. So if you're listening, which you are because you're hearing me say that, please, 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 can you share this episode far and wide with all your single and solo mum friends and networks? I would super, super, super appreciate it. Um, I think we're starting slow and limiting our audience to just the English speaking world. So, um, yeah, you know, that's our limit. Just any country that speaks English um, predominantly, um, but not exclusively. If you could share there, that would be great. And I hope you appreciate my language that I've used to say we, because you are a part of this podcast. You see, I tried that especially. It's not about me. It's about us. Anywho. So, welcome to today's podcast, episode three. Who would have thought it? Now then, a little bit more of a light-hearted podcast. Um, well, first of all, actually, thank you so much um, for listening to last week's podcast. And a couple of you have got in touch with me um, following listening to it. And I really appreciate it. And I had a really heartfelt message from a friend who's been a solo mum pretty much forever, um, like me. And she said, she'll hear this, um, I really admire this lady, actually. I really, really do. She said, I listened, I cried, I fell back to sleep. It's easy to forget how far we've come and the real tough guts it takes to be a solo mother. No one would ever aspire to become a solo parent, I don't believe. But here we are killing it. And I replied that we absolutely are. So thank you so much um, and the feedback that I've had from many of you um, has just been very encouraging um, and yeah my hope is that this podcast is um, an opportunity for us solo mums to be seen and to support each other. So last week, and um, it was, um, had some emotions um, in the episode. So today, hopefully a little bit more lighthearted, but still very, very real. So today's podcast, the title, How to Date a Solo Mum, with some stories of dating disasters and agony aunt questions from our experts. So, da-da-da, sit back, relax, and enjoy. So, oh my goodness, as I was thinking about today's podcast, I was doing a little bit of reading, because that's what geeks do, and I read a phrase which has absolutely made my blood boil. Somebody um, online, and they wrote a comment uh, about how they filtered out some potentials um, in the dating pool, and... Apparently, it's a thing for men to say no secondhand kids. Oh my goodness. I, I'm speechless and I'm very rarely speechless. How could somebody... I just don't even... So, okay, mister, I would recommend you don't even come close to a solo mum because you're an egg 
and that's a polite way of putting it. I cannot, I've never heard such a thing before and I hope I never hear it again. Um, I possibly give out the vibe that men just should definitely not say that kind of thing to me. Anyway, moving on from this. So, um, look, uh, I love going on a date. I do. It's been so long since I've been on a date. It really has. Like, um, probably January I went on a date, um, but it wasn't with a new um, person. It's at... Like, we love and we hate new things. Um, anyway, so January, what month are we now? November. It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I'm warming back up into it. I'm in no rush. I might get bored over the summer holidays and join Tinder. But anyway, look, so here we have some ideas for the dating pool, um, which um, you lovely ladies may resonate with. So first and foremost, how to date a solo mum. You've just got to know that we're busy and our kids come first. And any man that's even being considered they need to be okay with that. Our kids will always come first. Um, that said, probably like a goal of mine professionally and personally is to get better at compartmentalizing it. I just feel this tingle of horror, the fact I've just said that, and I will tell you why. <laughs> because actually, I can't believe I said the word compartmentalize. Because the last guy I was dating, my complaint about him was that I felt compartmentalized. And I've just said that. Oh my goodness, this is like a psychologist uh, sitting on the couch. I am on the couch anyway. Um, but, um, okay, so can you, can you, can one, compartmentalize without making the object of our affection feel compartmentalized? And when, okay, so here we go. This is when, I think that perhaps when uh, dating becomes a relationship and if that relationship is going to flourish into something long term, then that's where I personally think the compartmentalizing needs to stop. And that's where, um, you know, there's this idea of blended families. Um, and yeah, so I know I, I rest my case with myself. I'm no longer feeling guilty. In the initial stages of, of dating, meeting someone, getting to know them, I think I think it's okay to compartmentalize. It's just like at home, I'm mummy and um, kids come first and at work, I do my job. Then I go on a date and I want to honor the person I'm with enough so that I'm focusing on them so it's nice to I think that's one of the things that we like about going on a date is you can actually kind of you know leave the chaos <laughs> and harmony of home at home and just go on a date and for that couple of hours um, we can be a grown-up and we can be just ourselves and not worrying about you know just be, perhaps be off duty to some extent, sort of 90% off duty. I don't believe we ever are fully off duty. And that idea, I mean, obviously, I don't want to go out to dinner and have my phone on the table and check it every five minutes. But yeah, you know, when I go to the toilet, I'm checking my phone just in case, just in case there's a drama. Um, of course, I want to know. And I would have that mutual respect if the guy I were dating were also a parent um, that, you know, there's that. 
But then, yeah, actually, that notion, that word, that's a loaded word, compartmentalizing. So yeah, I, I personally, I think that when things get a bit more serious down the track and you're thinking, okay, this could be long term. How do we then go from just being, oh, I'm the in the compartment of going on a date to not being in a compartment and, and blending and sharing life experiences? So yeah, I feel okay with myself that I did complain. Yeah, I did. And I walked away from that relationship. Um, uh, was it for only that reason? Not only that reason, but that was a significant factor of it. I'm very proud of myself for walking away from a relationship that wasn't working for me. Um, because I'm going to jump ahead here and just say, um, I might repeat this a few times throughout this wonderful podcast episode. But um, when we're dating, ladies, I feel it's important that we ask ourselves intermittently, what does this man bring to enhance my life? Because, you know, we're in charge of our lives and we're killing it. Um, so um, my life's great. Um, and then I don't need a hanger on her. Oh my gosh, I dated this other guy. No names. <laughs> he was very boring. And hanging out with him, and he had kids, hanging out with him was just boring. Um, and um, yeah, so it didn't last very long, obviously, and I'm a little bit ruthless, but I, 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 I'm, I'm busy. And um, whether I'm busy or not, actually, um, if I'm on my own, I'm generally not bored. Why would I hang out with someone to be bored? <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, so, okay. Uh, we're busy and our kids come first and any dating interest needs to be okay with that. Um, also, um, our dating interests will need to be flexible to fit around our schedule and our kids' schedule and our work schedule and whatever other schedule we may have. And sometimes those things change. And um, so, you know, um, I think that potentially non-parents um, or non-solo parents uh, don't realise it. And especially if, um, like me, you have to organise childcare and a babysitter uh, every time you leave the house, um, then, um, you know, organising a date, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, I know that probably the majority of solo mums um, have their kids with the other parent for a day a week, a couple of days a week or whatever. But some of us have our children um, every single day forever. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, there's a little bit of organising that goes, goes into it. So um, it's a bit of a double standard that's required, actually, because um, we would ask our date to be flexible. However, oh my goodness, if they mess us around um, and um, yeah, I think it's uh, whenever there is a, a valid reason. It's about respect, actually, isn't it? There's a key word. It's just simply about adult respect because um, just we as solo mums need to be also respectful that the people we might be dating may also have stuff going on um, because that's real life. Um, now then, here's a big one. 
Um, and I think possibly in this episode, because I get quite passionate about things. Um, and out comes my masculine energy. I don't want to have an abundance of masculine energy. I genuinely don't. But as a solo mum, our masculine energy is on overdrive because we're it. We're everything. Um, you know, I've still got a blooming cockroach under a glass in the loo because I need to muster up more masculine energy to remove the now slightly dying cockroach, put him in the garden so he can live a happy rest of his life. So, ladies, remember, when you're considering a new man, please ask yourself, is he good enough for you? As solo mums, we are not some kind of damaged goods or a lesser woman or second place. We, you, me, I, we are queens. Really, we are. We're holding absolutely everything together single-handedly. Possibly with some um, trust issues or uh, overzealous self-protection. Um, but um, yeah, as I said earlier, always ask yourself, what does this man bring to enhance my life? And it could be just the smallest things. And that's great. Go for it. Um, and um, hopefully the majority of times, um, a man that we're dating brings plenty to enhance our life. And um, so therein are positive reasons to continue. Now then, I am very excited. I'm on tenterhooks awaiting our first ever live agony aunt to join us on today's podcast. She's an exceptional lady. She's a mum of two. She works full time in a high powered, very important, very important job. She's very well respected in the community. She's a little bit of a chatterbox, which makes her extra special. Um, and uh, in the midst of all that, she's busy baking a cake. So I know because I've been messaging her that she will join us just as soon as that cake gets put in the oven. So while we await her online arrival, I'm going to read you uh, an awesome dating disaster story that I found on the internet. The writer of the story lives in Utah, United States of America, and I am sure that very, very soon, in no time at all, we will have thousands of solo mums listening to us from Utah. So before we get inundated with solo mums in Utah listening to us, and if you are currently in Utah, then welcome. Welcome one, welcome all. Um, but this story made me laugh because it resonates with me. Living in a small town, I can absolutely anticipate this happens and would happen again in the future. Perhaps you can relate to. So the story is entitled The X Factor, and it reads... I joined this local online dating site that through social events. I got an invite to a happy hour and it said, basically, there will be a user named HappyDude123 there who, will, who you seem compatible with. I hadn't been very actively dating since I was busy with kids stuff, but I decided to go and see what it was like. I showed up and there were like 10 people there and one of them was my ex. You guessed it. He was happy, dude, one, two, three. And yes, we did have a lot in common, like two kids and a mortgage and eight years of history. So awkward. Absolutely, yes. I think I can relate to that. 
how funny um so i think in based in those situations you just have to embrace it don't you anyway so um Again, while we await the arrival of our online agony aunt, um, I want to invite you to send us your questions um, to be answered in future episodes by our wonderful team of agony aunts who are poised and ready to share their knowledge um, and advice. So how can you get in contact? You can um, can comment on this podcast and because um, we've only got a handful of listeners, I will definitely read every single comment. Um, and um, or please do, I've made a Facebook page and the title of the Facebook page is very catchy. It's called Thriving and Surviving as a Solo Mum. Quite easy to remember. That's the name of this podcast. So you can click join or like or follow or whatever you do with a Facebook group and send us a message that way with your questions about anything, anything at all solo mum related or life related where um, our team of agony aunts who understand you and see you can answer from that perspective. Finally, we have been joined by by our amazing Agony Aunt. She's put her cake in the oven and we've got the time it takes for the cake to cook to get some of her wisdom. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast, episode three. Um, we're on the verge of going global. I'm so excited. Um, so... <laughs> um, I've got a couple of questions for you and I'd love your opinion. So the first question that's been written in says, I want to start dating. Should I put on my Tinder profile that I have two kids or should I get to know them first before I say anything? Well, hello. Glad to join you. So because I guess I live in a relatively small town, my opinion is keep everything quite close to your chest and only divulge information as you feel comfortable. You'll find the right time, but I don't feel you need to advertise something on your profile uh, if you don't want to. Everything online is shareable, so you just sort of realise that. So anything you share about yourself will always be there. So I think, from my point of view, you only put what you really need to about yourself and your children can stay out of it until you feel comfortable. You are so wise and so um, articulate with how you say stuff. Thank you. And it's a really timely reminder for all of us that to remember that everything that we have online is always going to be there. Um, uh, so, yeah, thank you for your wisdom. You're very clever. Um, can I pick your brains with another question? Can I ask you another question? Okay. Different, different, different question, but it's been in the news recently a lot. And it says, I'm scared of becoming a victim of a romance scam. What is your advice? Something that I always, you see it a lot and you think, oh gosh, we'd never do that. You never get chipped into it. We start to trust someone and we think, oh yes, I'll, um, I'll give you some money. That's fine. We've done it all. Text boyfriends, etc., or partners. There's a lot of fake profiles. And for me, I guess I'm very skeptical of everything I do online. So I do worry. So if I met someone and someone, oh yes, you're lovely, whatever. 
but um, I think my financial side would be kept very quiet until at a time where you'd meet these people for over years, etc. I mean, these scams, romantic scams that I've heard about, they've known each other matter of weeks and months, and I just find that really almost bizarre. But I think, well, how would you do that? Why would you give them 10 grand or 20 grand? Um, luckily, I don't have that much money, so that's easy for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that in any way, you have to be careful. And it's actually... It takes me back to university. I remember a girl I met, and I wasn't that close to her. And she was she asked me for ten pounds, and in those days that was a lot of money uh, in the UK. And yeah. I gave it to her, and my friend said, "Don't ever do that. Why are you going to get it back?" And blah blah blah. Because we didn't really know this girl that well, but that, and like helping people—that's my thing. And luckily, she gave it back to me. But I think I learned a lot from periods of my life where I've done certain things like that because I like to help people out and uh, it's just my giving nature. However, as I've got older and slightly wiser, <laughs> I do feel that you have to be really careful with those things and I don't think anyone would ask you for money and you know, unless it's one of your family members or really close friends and you know them you've known them for years. So I guess my advice is as long as you take steps to guard your financial history and details very close don't tell anyone that you're dating yes i've got x amount in the bank or x amount in a savings account i don't think they need to know anything like that until you're ready to settle down with them so just be careful and uh you know as you get older you do get very skeptical people <laughs> i think that's where i'm at and well, abso- absolutely. Older and wiser, hopefully. That's the blessing of getting old. Um, and yeah, also, I mean, I think that um, I'm so lucky to have um, some really close friends. You're one of them. And if at any time uh, I were to have an inkling of thought um, that I was being um, conned into some kind of romance scam, um, I would run it past my friends first. And and I think that is a strength of um, friendship, isn't it? Just to say, oh, do you think I should be giving this person $100 or $500 or whatever? Yeah friendship because they do say love is blind don't they and sometimes I think that's the vulnerability with these romance scams absolutely and I think there's a lot of people that are very lonely and the people that are in these scams friends people that don't have anyone or say don't have close friends and think you know and this person puts so much into them they think oh they must love me or they must care for me it's very sad and you see it all the time you know in the paper it's not romantic scams, it'll be other scams of work, you know, that kind of thing, building. Yeah. yeah, it's just unfortunate. Again, it's just online world. <laughs> Taking us into really. It is, it's the new world we're living in. Who would have thought 20 years ago that this would actually even be a thing? But, um, you know, that 95%, 99% of people are super honest, super Absolutely. lovely. And then a few people ruin it for the rest of us, don't they? Well, gone are the days where you had to take your... You'll remember this. <laughs> Taking your passbook into the bank, putting it over the counter, ten dollars, please, and then they take it out. And that was the yeah. only way you could get money out. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you had to do that, no one would worry about it. But hey, it's much more. Good. That's so fun. That is fun. But yes, 
I think, you know, we all want to meet people that we trust. So I guess trust is a big thing. We'll get there. It is absolutely huge. We might even do an entire podcast episode on trust. I think. And you will be my next agony aunt for that. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. So now then, your cake is in the oven, yes. and even though I make a habit of burning cakes, I don't want you to burn no. your cake. So, um, thank you, thank you so so much no for um, being our agony aunt. Thanks, Brad. And um, I will be sure to send you the link to this episode. Thank you so much. Well. I must say a huge thank you to our Agony Aunt for joining us this week on episode three, um, talking about dating disasters um, and answering our tricky questions. So thank you to those listeners who have asked those tricky questions. And another reminder, please send in more questions to challenge um, the thoughts and opinions of my wonderful team of Agony Aunts who are here to support you and help you as we all walk together on this journey of being a solo mum, thriving and surviving. <laughs>